Welcome to the Whiskey and Coffee Podcast. I'm Drew. I'm Durden. And we've been friends for over 20 years, and we enjoy sharing stories while drinking our favorite drinks. Whiskey for me. So let's get to talking. Durden, what you drinking? Sir, do, do we do the plug now or later? Because I got, I got a spiel. I got a whole gimmick lined up, a whole promo. You want it now? Cut your promo. Cut my promo. You know, the other day I was searching through the internet and I was thinking, you know what? I would like a great cup of coffee from around the world. Can't do that. That costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wanted to go to a country like Italy, you know, possibly Australia, maybe Russia, maybe, maybe Germany to get a nice cup of coffee, that costs me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Plus, we can't go anywhere anyway. There's a pandemic. And they don't want Americans in their country. There's only a small list of countries we can go to, my friend. I've seen the list. You don't want to go to those countries. <laughs> but with my new friends at Atlas Coffee, you don't have to. Because they bring it straight to your door. Atlas Coffee. Get your coffee from around the world. How much do you think this would cost? You're thinking, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Maybe. Maybe. $14 yeah. a month. What? $14 a month. I was like, wow. well, hell, I spent that much on coffee yesterday. <laughs> and for $40 a month, I can get coffee from around the world? My God. My God, why wouldn't I do that? So our new friends at Atlas Coffee bringing me coffee around the world every month. It is so easy. You just log on to Atlas Coffee. You take a quick survey. They ask you things like, what's your favorite brew? light, medium, dark. How do you brew it? Do you use a pot? Do you use a pour over? Do you use a French press? Things like that. They ask you some things like, what kind of flavors do you enjoy? You answer these quick questions. It took me two minutes and you get coffees from around the world. First coffee I got from Mexico. And we all know God doesn't care about Mexico, but I think Atlas Coffee has found the one thing God cares about in Mexico. And that's the coffee bean. So if you like coffee, join our new friends at Atlas Coffee, $14 a month. And you get this great little gimmick here. We're not doing video now, but we're doing video with you. You can see. They send you a little postcard. Look at my postcard from Mexico. My God. Look, you see it. I the do. You should tweet that out to the people. I will. I will. The coffee I have, the Monte Albane, A-L-B. B-A-N, and the little, he's got the little deal over the top, the yeah. little gimmick. Yes. A little gimmick over the, the top. Little, little gimmick. It's very nice coffee. It has hints of hazelnut, Mexican milk chocolate, and orange. Now, personally, I'm drinking it now. I had some over the weekend. I find, I don't usually do sweeteners with my coffee. I just drink it straight. But I find a little bit of sweetener brings out the taste in this particular one. I'm using honey. You can use anyone you like, sugar, sweet and low, any of the other fancier ones you have, use. Use it all. Use any of it. And go check out my new friends at Atlas Coffee Club. Atlas Coffee. Good for you. That was spectacular. Wasn't it? <laughs> not sponsored, by the way, but if you'd like to sponsor us, Atlas no, Coffee. Not, not at all. Not sponsored in one Not sponsored at all. But if you'd like to sponsor us, Atlas Coffee, please. And by the way, I will be saving all my little postcards from around the world. 
and I will tweet them out. I will Instagram them. I will do it all. Oh man, that was great. I mean, I mean, you get high quality promos from me like that all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You'll be our shill guy whenever. Oh, we dude, hey. I, I can I can read good copy. It's not even good copy. I, I made that up off the top of my head. Exactly. That's right true. now, literally. I literally ad lived that. Yeah. So. All those years in the wrestling business, sir. Got to pay off for something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Something more than injuries, anyway. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, sir, how was your week? Oh, uh, not too shabby. I'm just... I mean, I don't have a, sh- a shameless plug on this one. I'm just, I'm just drinking a little Makers, and that's it. So, I mean... I'm not, I'm not sit there. Do I, do I need to cut the promo or makers for you? A whole, a whole gimmick on it yet. You know, I, uh, oh, I mean, I think if you cut the good promo, give them the free publicity, they'll come pay for the next one. Why not? Why not? We'll, we'll see how your system works. I mean, you know, first hits free, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, no, my week was good. Um, we've been watching some interesting, uh, movies here and there, some old that I haven't seen in a while and some new. I watched a uh, a documentary on HBO Max called. Oh, I have that yet. Called uh, Class Action Park. It it okay. it's about a water park up in New Jersey that operated from late seventies to uh, like nineties, I think ninety six or so. It is, uh, it is hilarious. Uh, it is insane. This park was like known for all things, like no rules, everything goes. Um, you can just go out there and you ride these rides and stuff. And it's like you, the whole point of it was like, you control how fast you're going or anything like that. And of course it seems dangerous, right? Like as a child, as yeah. a teenager, that's a dream. Oh, dude, you as tell me that reasonable adult. Yeah. It's just, that is horrifying. You tell me at 69, can go as fast as I want. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be problems. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm oh, all there's going to be problems. I'm yeah, all in, all in, all in. Yeah, at the responsible age of of 39, I'm like, I wouldn't go near that thing. And if I had a child, it would never know that thing existed. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Hell no. Um, It was a really good documentary, though. It was was very – it was very well done. Luckily, they had like a whole bunch of like home movie footage that people took from the park, and especially in the uh, early and mid-'80s. And the things oh, they had in that park were ridiculous. Like the water slides. Once again, if you were, it's like something a child would come up with. Oh, that would be really neat. They had a water slide. It was like a tube water slide that I don't know how many dangerous amount of hundreds of feet it went up, but it was a very steep drop. Um, and then at the very bottom, it had a loop like you do like in a roller coaster and then it shoots you out the end and it's like everyone just goes if you have even a rudimentary understanding of physics 
you can't just pour some water down there and expect yeah. it to be able to complete that loop and go through without any problems. Right. It takes a lot of engineering to do it. And the guy who ran this park literally like I like wrote, like drew it on a cocktail napkin and like handed it to like an engineer build this. That's safe. Um, yeah. And the stories they tell are ridiculous in it. Like, you know, the guy, like the, the people were so scared. So they, sorry, I jumped ahead. So first they sent dummies down, like crash dummies. Okay. Sent, like dummies down to test it. And all that would come out the other end of the dummies was like, you know, an, a leg would come out and then like a torso would come out. And it was like, it would just completely and utterly destroy the dummies going through this looped uh, water slide. And finally the guy was like, we need to test it with real people. And so he's like, we need, so he stood at the bottom with a hundred dollar bill and was like, Hey, to his staff, anybody who goes down the slide, I will hand you a hundred dollars when you come out the other end. And so some of his staff members, I mean, they're all teenagers. They all just went for it. Yeah. yeah. They just went for it and did it. And you know, you money would, and stupidity. You'll, you'll do amazing things. Right. Like they said, you just sit there and you just heard bam, 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 all through the tube. And some people come out and they're bruised and they're bleeding and they're, you know, missing teeth and just, it was insane. You know, somebody got electrocuted in a, in a river rapids ride. <laughs> like, right. Like, don't try and do the math too hard on that, but still, how do you, I mean, it was, it was crazy just and the, the fact that this thing existed is is unreal and the guy refused to carry insurance even though new jersey state law was like you have to have some kind of liability insurance mm -hmm. so he set up a fake liability insurance account in the cayman islands so they can be like look i got liability insurance so anytime someone got injured and of course he got sued like crazy he never settled he always went to court. He said, nope, we're going to take it to trial. We're going to take it to court. And he always pushed to get a jury trial. And I think out of the hundreds, almost maybe thousands of times he got sued, he lost six cases. It's a good ratio. Yeah. It's a good ratio. Yeah. Like the guy knew what he was doing. Um, it's crazy. I highly recommend watching it. I don't want to give any more spoilers away of things that happen in it and stuff. But it will leave you mesmerized. Like, I mean, they talked to people who worked at the park, who, you know, obviously went to the park growing up. And, and, um, they talked to the guy's lawyer. They talked to, like, because the guy, I, I will tell you this much, like, the guy passed away in like 2011. So they obviously don't talk to the guy who owned the park. But, um, they talked to a lot of people, you know, I think one of his sons and then some other people. Uh, I mean, it's, it was really, really good. I, I highly recommend watching it. It's on HBO max. So if you know somebody who has an HBO max account, uh, beg them to, to borrow that. So you can do that. Or if there's a free trial gimmick with it, do the free trial, watch it and then cancel the free trial. You can do that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've done that with things. I've done that with things. I have too many times. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the recent things I watched. Uh, I watched that one morning before going to work. It was just, it was just laughing the whole day because I was like, "This is just so ludicrous. It's so absurd." I'm more impressed you have time to watch stuff before you go to work. That's how early I get up. Apparently, <laughs> I, I get up 
I get up 20 minutes left to be at work. I throw some clothes and I, I'm there. I used to be able to do that. I can't do that anymore now. Now it's like I got a whole routine and gimmick. I got to get up. Uh, if I end up sleeping in a little bit, you know. The whole thing's thrown oh, off. Huh? Oh, boy. It throws my whole day off. It is bad. Uh, it is bad news. Damn. Yeah, so I've gotten myself through a piece of now, now, it helps that I work at midnight, and it doesn't matter what I look like. It, I can just you, you're right. That helps tremendously. I mean, as long as you show up, they really don't care. Right. So. But yeah, I, I applaud you for being able to watch movies before you go to work. That's impressive. <laughs> I try to, if I can squeeze them in there. I mean, yeah, it's really got to meet that kind of half uh, hour and a half gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually between 90 and 100 minutes, I can probably get in before I have to go to work. I got it. I got it. I like it. Yeah, and still be able to conquer my routine through the day. I got it. I got it. Wow. All right. So I was sick last week. I'm better now. Whenever you're listening to this, I was sick. Yes. And now I'm better. Uh, but in between consciousness and the unconsciousness, I, I, I found just weird, weird movies. You know, I, I like to watch the, uh, I would call them quirky movies. Mm-hmm. Movies people don't really, really know about, I find, and I watch. Right. Found a movie from the early 90s who had just an insane cast that I'd never heard of. The movie's called 20 Bucks. You ever hear of it? I think I have. Isn't a movie that like follows a twenty dollar bill? Yes. Round. Okay, I just heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's on. It's on Prime. You can find it on Prime. It's called Twenty Bucks. Okay. The cast is ridiculous. Brendan Fraser, David Swimmer, William H Macy, uh, like basically everybody from the nineties who was famous by ninety five is in this movie. Okay, like literally, if they were in a sitcom in 95, they were in this movie in 93. <laughs> That's how insane this cast is. Um, actually- movie itself wasn't great. It was okay. I mainly watched it because I'm like, why the hell is all these famous people in this movie and I've never heard of this movie? That's really why I watched it. Right. But basically the story is it follows a $20 bill at the beginning of the movie a lady, some random extra takes a $20 bill out of an ATM. It's 93. Okay, there's ATMs. I don't know how many people use ATMs now. I, I, do, I rarely use an ATM. But right. it's 93. People use ATMs all the time. All right, so she drops the bill. The bill, like, wanders down the street, and just random people pick it up. All, the, all like I say, all the famous people pick it up. So first, Brendan Fraser picks it up, and they tell his story. And then he loses it, and he goes to, like, David Swimmer, and then the David Swimmer story starts, and then it goes on and on through all these people, and it's just random stories, and they intertwine it at the end. And, yeah, it's one of those, like, movies where ensemble cast, and then the story is, like, random stories, and then it all ends up being the same story at the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying not to give it away in case somebody right, out there hasn't right. seen it and wants to watch it. It's like, uh, a, it's, uh, it's like an anthology movie. It's uh, yeah. It's several stories in one. Yeah. But again, the only reason I watched it was because the cast was ridiculous. And like I said, they weren't famous at the time or they were just getting famous. Right. Because this was 92, 93. Right. And by 95, they're all famous. And it's like, oh, 
They got them right before you hit it right. Whoever did that movie. Whoever got that cast. Whoever got that cast did it correct. Or maybe the entire cast got, maybe all those guys got their next projects off of that movie. I don't know. But 20 bucks, check it out on Prime. It's not bad. Steve Buscemi's in it as well. He's another name that pops. He was in everything in the early 90s, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he really started coming into his own then. I, I just pulled up the uh, cast list so I could look. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Yeah, there's Linda Hunt, you know, who's, who's probably best known to today's generations uh, uh, from, oh, God, what's it, NCIS. Also, Christopher Lloyd's in it. Yeah, yeah, there's, so there's Linda Hunt. Yeah, there's Brendan Fraser, as you said. Uh, Gladys Knight, it's random. Yes. Gladys Knight, Elizabeth Shue, Steve Buscemi, Christopher Lloyd, Jeremy Piven, William H Macy, David Schwimmer. Uh, I mean, there. Yeah, you're right. Spalding yeah. Gray is in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I told you, man. It's a that's pretty it's random. Crazy cast. You know, that reminds me of a movie I saw on HBO years ago. I believe it was an HBO original film. And I mean, by years ago, let me look up to see what the, uh, the actual year was. 1997. And it was. It was an HBO original movie called Subway Stories. I've heard and, of that. And it's, it, it, it's similar to that in that it's a bunch of vignettes, uh, essentially. You know, it's like an anthology movie. There's, there's like six or seven, eight stories of uh based on real stories from people who you know use the new york subway every day yes and it's got an impressive cast um and i that movie always really intrigued me i really liked it um there's i mean there's like there's a lot of people in there that are like oh i know this guy from like there's some yeah i get it you know like bill Irwin is Mm -hmm. There. you know very people know who bill Irwin is but if you saw him you would know him you would be like, oh yeah i know that guy um but there's yeah so bill Irwin is in there and uh dennis leary um steve zahn jerry stiller bonnie hunt mckay pfeiffer uh michael rapaport uh, Rosie Perez, Sam Rockwell, you know, some of these people weren't big yet. You know, they were just yeah. actors. You know, Michael Rappaport's another guy that was in a ton of stuff in the early nineties too. Yeah, he he got a lot of work in the nineties. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Uh, Gregory Hines, uh, Gretchen Maul, and Hesh. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, the amount of people that are in it. And the uh, different stories that they tell here and there that intertwine through everything. It's really cool. Um, I would recommend that for anybody who's, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I don't even know if it's on regular HBO or HBO max or if it's available anywhere. I have no idea, but it is a, uh, it is a damn good movie. Uh, that is just, it's very simple. We'll see if it's streaming anywhere. Subway story streaming. Somebody needs to come up with an aggregate site that can do that, by the way. 
they can tell you where something like something streaming it's available um well i know you can put you can type in streaming on netflix in this month and stuff will pop up and tell you what's on like in january right but like it won't that's tell you a, that's a i think that's a an opportunity someone out there and that can do see I certainly can't do i about to say you just give the idea away appreciate that freaking give it away i can't do anything with it um yeah, but we could find somebody that could. I'm sure it's probably already exists somewhere. I'm sure it does. Um, I just don't know. But yeah, that one's really good too. But that that reminds me of that, that kind of anthology storytelling. Yeah. See, this, here's the, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say this uh this morning I had just got done watching uh a movie from nineteen ninety two, I believe, ninety two ninety three somewhere in there. Uh, that has a pretty good cast in it too, called uh, "Stay Tuned." Oh yeah, I remember "Stay Tuned." For I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, and I remember really liking it when I was younger, and now after I've watched it, I can see why I liked it when I was younger. Because um, it's, I mean, it's just good slapstick fun, and I didn't get half the parody. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the stars John Ritter. And uh, Mindy from Mork and Mindy, I cannot think of her name, and I really feel bad about that. Is it Miranda something? Probably. <laughs> I really can't think of her name. <laughs> I feel terrible. Hey, I well, you, you got the Google? You can Google it. Yeah, I'm doing that now. So, 1992 is when it came out. Oh, nice. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, Pam Dauber. Pam Dauber. Pam Dauber, yes. I took a shot at Miranda. I don't know where that came from. I, um, I really don't. <laughs> so yeah john ritter pam dauber jeffrey jones uh eugene levy uh it's it's really um it's a really fun tongue-in-cheek kind of movie you know it, it's about a guy who's obsessed with television and his marriage is falling apart because of that and he unknowingly enters into a contract uh with the devil to buy a new television and ends up getting sucked into the television and has to now, was it a television or a satellite dish well did, the satellite, satellite dish came, came with the tv yeah it came with tv okay i'm with you uh, because this is back when like if you had direct tv or some sort of satellite dish it was a massive, massive. dish it took up your whole yard yeah this was this was long before they 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 got it down to the science that it is now um so yeah, they had they had the dish and uh, it sucked them in, and then they had to basically survive for twenty four hours in hell TV, going to all these different channels, which most of them essentially were just these dark, you know, twisted parodies of uh, current television shows and movies. Most of them were like built for one gag, and then that was it. And then you moved on. It was kind of almost you know like uh like laughing or something like it was just a quick joke and then you move to the next thing you make you know quick joke move to the next thing really hitting these uh references that all the kids saturday night live sketch not even that shorter than that yeah it's it's pretty quick so laughing laughing's not even our generation man laughing's not even the previous generation like dude Uh, that's baby boomer generation yeah jesus that's like our parents Right, at least try to hit lasted like two years, too. Yeah, nobody made such an indelible mark. I, I'm yelling at you for references. Wait till we start talking about wrestling and I start referencing shit. 
Uh, right? You start pulling uh, the uh, Hackenschmidt stuff from. <laughs> you guys are gonna hate me when I when we start talking about wrestling and I start referencing stuff. Oh man, I apologize in advance for that. So yeah, I mean it's a good. It was a good little movie, man. It really was. It's still fun. It's still you know tongue in cheek. Like I said, as an adult, I get it a lot more now. Oh yeah. yeah, get a lot of the parodies and stuff like that. Um, I enjoy it. You know, it's not any kind of high art cinema or anything like that, but it's a lot of fun. So that's on Prime. You want to watch that? That is on. That is on Prime because I watched it maybe a month ago. Yep, that's on Prime. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then uh, the other night I watched uh, Red Dragon again. Uh, the, oh, forever. the third slash prequel, I guess. Man, it is a prequel, but it was a third film to come out in the Hannibal Lecter, uh, Anthony Hopkins trilogy. Um, it stars Anthony. That's got a killer cast. It's got Anthony Hopkins, Edward Norton, uh, Harvey Keitel, Ray Fiennes, uh, Emily Watson. Uh, oh God, who else is in there? There's there's some there's like good character actors in it too. Bill Duke, I think, is in it, and it's it's a really good movie i i like the whole hannibal lecter series as it were anyway i've it's one of the ones a few things i've actually read the book you know i've, I've read all the thomas harris novels um in the lecter series and you know the red dragon which was the first one um and uh signs of the lambs are very similar in their structures and then Hannibal came out, you know, and it's completely different than any of those. Uh, and the movies are the same way, too. So there's a lot of people who don't like uh, Hannibal because it's more of a dramatic piece than this kind of cop noir piece that Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon are. Right. Give me the what? year Red Dragon came out. I may have a Red Dragon story. Red Dragon came out in... Ought to, I think. Okay, so it must have been Hannibal. Hannibal came out like 2000, 2001? Yeah, Hannibal came out, yeah, some okay. right before it, yes. Okay, okay, so first date I went on was to Hannibal. Nice. With some chick. And we, were, we weren't going to see that movie. She wanted to see some other chick flick movie, and then at the last second she goes, no, I want to be scared, because, you know, they like to be scared and protected. I, I don't know. My teenager ass was like, okay. So yeah, first date I took a girl to to Hannibal because she wanted to, and then, you know, things happened because she was scared. Well, there you go. Good yeah. for you. Yes. I think I also took a date to go see Hannibal. I believe I, but see, I didn't take it. She she chose it. I I can't really say. No. Just like I paid for it. I, you know. But I I really enjoyed I enjoy that one. I enjoy that whole series. I recommend people to uh, watch them. Um, I like the uh, Hannibal TV series when it came out. I've not watched that, but I've heard good things. A prequel to Red Dragon. All these, all these damn prequels. <laughs> oh, damn, stop doing prequels. Just, just give me the movie. So, I yeah, I would, I would recommend that one too. It's like I said, strong cast. It's really, um, it's, it's you know, takes some really good twists and turns through it, and. uh it's dark. It's really dark and little. It's twisted. dark. It is dark and twisted. But it's a good point. It is dark and twisted. 
do, do you want to talk about the wrestling documentary I watched, or do you want to save that? Sure, no, you can talk about it. I'm talking movies today. They're movie. It's a movie. It's it's you can't kill David Arquette. Oh, I've wanted to watch that. Is it good? It's on Prime. It's it, it's the last hour is very good. The yeah. first thirty minutes are slow. Okay. All right. So basically, for those of you, should I explain the whole deal? Or yeah, I would explain why. Okay. David so in two documentary. So right. Well, it's wrestling, but it's also David Arquette. So you know, I don't know how many David Arquette fans would. All right, so was it 2000, 2001, Arquette was in wrestling? Right, to promote uh, Ready to Rumble. Yes. Crossover so, for him and like, Crossover for him in World Championship Wrestling, 2000, 2001-ish. He, uh, he was in the movie Ready to Rumble, which was produced by WCW and Turner Broadcasting. So to promote it, they give him the World Heavyweight title. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole background of why this was bad and, and broke traditions of wrestling and whatever, but Let's just say people hated him for it. I mean, legit hated this guy for winning the belt. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it wasn't his decision. It was the people running the company that said, hey, we're going to do this. Right. And, you know, he said yes. And he's gotten a lot of hate for it over the years. And that's what the documentary talks about. Like, he can't even get work in Hollywood because he was, in, he was involved with it. For like 10 years, he can't get work. Because this was like 2019 that the documentary was shot. It's funny you say that, and I think about that. I don't remember seeing him in a lot no. of No, no. Like, maybe early 2000s, and then it just kind of... I think he did a Scream, maybe. Well, he had the Scream films, you know. Um, I yeah. think Scream 4. But he had the Scream films. He had like Eight Legged Freaks, which came out around that time. It's not, not you know, speaking great things, but yeah, I mean, he his yeah, he, star kind of went off. He there. didn't. He, he didn't he, work. He was on the. Uh, he was on the upswings. Like Scream, really. Started- well, they talk about that. They say about that time frame, or maybe a little, a little, a few years before this. They did this, Vanity Fair did this whole cover and it had all the rising stars. It had Will Smith, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Benicio Del Toro, and like two or three other guys and David Arquette. And all those other guys went on to be like major stars and win Oscars and, you know, $100 million box office movies. Arquette was the only guy that didn't do that. And they're saying it was because of wrestling or he was involved with the wrestling stuff. Um, But the documentary talks about that. It talks about him actually becoming a wrestler because he wanted to get respect. Um, and there's some wrestling stuff involved that I didn't like, and I'll save that for a, when we talk an actual wrestling pod, when we do an actual wrestling thing. But, man, I'll talk about it now. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, like, half the movies will work because Brian Knobs, run, Brian Knobs, one of the Nasty Boys, runs – a wrestling promotion, a wrestling show every year called Legends of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So he go, they show him going to Legends of Wrestling to try to get booked. Okay. And Nobs in the hotel bar because you know that's where you do it when you're wrestling. Of course. <laughs> He's trying to he, you know, Arquette showed up unannounced, wasn't booked. He's just trying to get on the show. And Nobs like, no man, you can't get on the show because of what happened. I'm just trying to do business. And it's obvious it's fake. Because even if he doesn't get him on the show for wrestling, he's still a celebrity. Why wouldn't you want him on your show? Yeah, you book him somewhere. You, you put him on the show somewhere. So, and it's a fake fight, and you can tell. 
And then at the same show, he meets some random indie guy that does backyard wrestling in Virginia. Oh, Lord. So this dude drives David Arquette to Virginia. (laughs) And he gets involved in this backyard show. And David Arquette does some quasi death match with these backyard kids. And there's thumbtacks and light tubes. And it's like, dude, you're, you're David Arquette. The whole time I'm thinking you're David Arquette. You're in Hollywood. Call Dave Marquez, who runs championship wrestling from Hollywood. I know you know people that know him. Like, Dave's in the entertainment business as well. I guarantee you someone you know knows Dave Marquez. Right. And then I'm thinking, he's like, I, yeah. And then I'm thinking, and then he was going, and Arquette's going, I never really got trained, blah, blah, blah. And the same indie guy takes him to some barn backyard training facility. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, dude. And the guy's training someone you've never heard of, never done anything in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he's training in a barn. And again, I'm thinking, you're David Arquette. You're in Hollywood. you got Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, which is a fantastic wrestling school. If you're in California, look those guys up. You got Brian Kendrick in Hollywood you can go to, or that area, you know. Mm-hmm. And you got Rikishi's, Rikishi got a wrestling school out there. You can go to that. So half the movie you're going, I know this is fake because I know every wrestler in Hollywood and I know you know those people or people you know know those people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you can just make a phone call to your agent and say, hey, get me Barry Bloom. Barry Bloom's the guy who managed, who is an agent for every wrestler on the planet. Yeah. And Barry Bloom would fix it for you. So that part's a little weird because you're going, I, I don't buy that David Arquette can't get proper wrestling training if you wanted it. Right. You know? Because he's going to like all these backyard bullshit wrestling. He's going to all the wrestling schools you go to when you don't know what the fuck to do. So in other words, you feel like he's just he's making it difficult on himself for the sake of. Well, I think it was for the movie. I right. think it was for the documentary. Documentary. Yeah, like I think it could have been much easier, much easier for him. Right. But then he picks it up. He realizes shit. I know Diamond Dallas Page, DDP Yoga, mm-hmm. and for some reason DDP was in Mexico. He was in Cancun. So Arquette goes to Cancun. And begs DDP to train him in wrestling. They do not show DDP training him in wrestling. They show DDP and him doing yoga. <laughs> and then DDP sends him to some lucha guys. Lucha Libre is wrestling in Mexico. That's what they call wrestling in Mexico. Completely different style from American wrestling. And I'm sitting there going again. You're you're training lucha when you're going to be wrestling in America. And Everything. It's not like David Arquette is, and I'm not. Yeah, I don't. No, not knocking him. But I, I don't think he's got the athletic prowess to properly do lucha libre. There's he's actually a, Oh, there is, but he's actually a lot more athletic than you would think. Okay, I'll give that. That's cool. He does a pretty damn good Huracan Rana leg scissor spin. Okay, that's the best way I can put it. But again, he's training Lucha. Everything in Mexico is backwards because, as I established earlier, God hates Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't hate Mexico. He doesn't care what happens in Mexico. He doesn't care what happens in Mexico. 
politics. He doesn't care what happens in Mexico. I'm sure he loves Mexico. Right. Everybody loves Mexico. But, you know, you don't really care what happens down there. He doesn't care what happens in Mexico. Yeah. Because everything's backwards down there. So, you know, clearly he doesn't care. And again, I'm thinking, why is he training backwards when he's going to come to America and they're just going to show him properly? Mm-hmm. So the whole time I'm yelling, go to Santino Brothers. An hour and five minutes into the, sh- into the documentary, he goes to Santino Brothers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. You could have done that an hour ago, and this would have been a lot better. And then he goes to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which was where Dave Marquez promotes and owns. And I'm like, you should have done this an hour ago. This would have been much better for you. <laughs> could have all been resolved. This could have all been done, and this could have been a lot better. And then they show his death match. Did you see the death match he did, was it last, two years ago, with Brian Cage, or Nick Cage, Nick Cage, where he got the light tube stuck in his throat, and he had to go get stitches? I, I think I remember, he, I remember hearing about it. Yeah, yeah, he, he legitimately almost died. Jesus. Yeah, because, you know, he was in a death match, and he, he shouldn't have been in a death match at all no nobody should be in a death match nobody should <laughs> it's that's sh- like nobody should yeah but if you're gonna do it don't make that your fifth match ever again do not make a death match your fifth match ever yeah that's yeah. just that's just damn foolish yes so he gets stabbed with the light tube luke perry had to save his life they show luke perry like wrapping his the late Luke Perry. The late Luke Perry. Apparently, they were very close friends, but Luke Perry's son is a pro wrestler, and Luke Perry's son was on the show. That's why he was there. Wow. But apparently, yeah, Luke Perry's son is Jungle Boy. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's Jungle Boy in AEW wrestling. He's Luke Perry's kid. Hmm. So, you know, uh, his name is Jack Perry. So, yeah, but it shows Luke Perry saving David Arquette's life. This was before Luke, like a year before Luke Perry died. And so they rush into the hospital. They get him sewed up. And, you know, David Arquette had issues with alcohol and drugs. And he relapsed after that, which was sad. But the movie's really – and then after that, he comes back. And, you know, he's working around. And he's not a bad wrestler. He got in great shape. Like, he's not going to go – he's in his 50s, I believe. So he's not going to go make – He's millions just, of dollars. He's just doing it for the love of the game. He's just gonna be an independent guy, collecting yeah. and trade on his name. Yeah, he'll he'll go do. He'll I stay it. Hell, he's a former WCW World Champion. He is. He is. Like he is in the record book for it. Like it is. It is legit. And it is. But, I mean, a lot of this was me venting about wrestling bullshit that I didn't like. But it's a good documentary, even if you don't like wrestling. It really is. Yeah. So you know, check it out. Yeah. It really is a good documentary. It, 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 it's a little slow at the beginning, but it picks up. So I recommend it. Um, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you'll, you'll enjoy just watching a celebrity become a wrestler. Nice. Yeah. So, well, you know, I'm going to close us out on this one that I, that I watched, and uh, it was awesome. I really liked it. It's called, I mean, it's called, like, you're not going to ever have heard of it. Uh, so I watched Dr. Sleep. Oh, Nice the other night yeah i watched that uh and i watched the director's cut which is three hours and it's oh. a solid three hours but i thought it was fantastic you know it is the sequel to the shining um and i think it moves the shining story forward very well and i also think it does a good job of expanding on its own universe 
Um, it's something where I would like to see like a television series be based off of it, you know, like the, the, the universe that is created. Um, and it's funny because a friend of mine sent like sent me that in a text like after I like put like I, I I was watching it and he had said that and I was like you're absolutely right that's like to me I was thinking that as I was watching it so it's neat because they it's not like one of those you know sequels that obviously it came out forty years after the original but it doesn't go okay it's been forty years we're just gonna jump in here and do this. They actually cast, you know, look-alike actors who look like Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson and the little boy who played Danny. Uh, they cast actors that looked like them and actually still expanded on that original story, you know, the years just after all the events that happened in The Shining. And then it jumps forward to, you know, an adult Danny Torrance and how he's coping with life and everything and the 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 kind of basis of the rest of the film is i don't know that they gave them names but i looked at them like energy kind of vampires kind of thing these people who have figured out a way to essentially steal kind of your life force through fear pain and death and so they hunt and stalk people. The best ones are the people who have the shining ability, you know, like the mental telepathy stuff that Danny had in the original. And so it was really cool to watch that kind of play out, to watch that, you know, it was, it's much more science fiction than it is horror, which I thought was kind of cool. Like it, it kind of bends the genre a little bit. There's not as many horrific elements in it. There are some, but not as many as you would think. And uh, it was really good. It was really, really good. I really recommend it. It is a is it's a little bit of a slow brew, but I mean, so was the original Shiny. Um, but it definitely feels like it is. It feels like the sequel, but it also holds its own. You know, you don't almost. It's you always almost, a good thing, man. Yeah, you almost don't even have to actually have what, seen, seen the movie. Yeah, you understand what's going on in it. They do a good job of of letting it stand on its own and letting these characters breathe uh, without having to get bogged down by the backstory. So I thought that was really cool and really well done. So I, I recommend it. I think I found that also on HBO Max. This has been a big plug for HBO Max. Um, but I think it's I've, also that's also on HBO if you don't have HBO, on Max. HBO. Right, yeah. As I was yeah. say, I'm sure it's because it's on HBO. HBO. Yeah. I just saw it on HBO Max. Yeah, right. Um, but I've seen it on HBO. So yeah. if you have HBO on demand, you can find it there. Yeah. And it's and the way I found the director's cut was like I went to the movie, which itself is two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I you know, it was like, you know, bonus extra. So I just went down to that and it was like director's cut. And I was like, oh well hell, I'll watch that. And it's like three hours and like three minutes. So it's like, oh man. All right, here we go. And I, I thought it moved very well for three hours. I did not feel like I was watching a movie for three hours. That's good. That's another good thing. Yeah. So that I thought was really good. Um so yeah. It is uh it is it is pretty funny. So yeah. So yeah. 
that is uh i'm gonna end it on that that beautiful note i think um, cool because you're frozen so you know oh i'm frozen you're frozen you can hear me though i can hear you you can still hear me i can still hear you My, there you go i'm frozen you're unfrozen you know what that's a good gimmick to uh figure out so for those of you who want to know how we record this we use uh we use zoom for the time being because of social distancing stuff what about using zoom i mean uh and you know so we can obviously see each other you know as we're recording this and we're working on actually getting our our kind of the rooms that we record this in set up so that we can turn this into a video podcast so that you could also he- see it here and then you know you could watch it on youtube if you wanted to or you could just listen to it as you do on on the various platforms of podbean and spotify and soon to come apple oh. uh, if it hasn't already happened by the time this one airs so you know we're working on that and the uh i found a way that i can use my cell phone as my webcam because it's much better than the webcam i have built into my computer um and i had just gotten a notification about something and so that's what i did i scrolled down just to see what it was to make sure i wasn't missing a, a text from you know my fiance or anything like that and and then you said, yeah, I was frozen. And I was like, why am I frozen? And I sat there and looked. And I was like, oh, I bet this is why. And I opened it back up. Yeah. There we are. So see, Because I'm an idiot. I forget that we're just doing audio right now. And I'm the only one that can see you. So it doesn't matter if you're frozen. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. now there's the explanation. So you got this yeah. nice postscript for our, uh, for our podcast on this week. So, well, if you want to... Yeah, reach out to us and talk to us and any kind of tomfoolery. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at film tattoo. I'm wrestling agent D. Hey, tweet me out any good coffee you guys have. Send me any type of coffee. I'm always looking for great coffee. Send that out. I will yeah. buy it. If you want to send me out some whiskeys, I'm all in too. Please send me some uh, whiskey suggestions. Well, or just send me whiskey. You can just send me coffee as well. Yeah, I just mean, me up in the DMs and I'll uh, DM we'll- me. You don't have to hit me up in the DM, man. They're open. You can, but just on the timeline. I, I don't care what people see. Trust me. I don't care what people see on my timeline. This is actually true. Ooh, ooh. Maybe in another podcast, I'll, I'll tell the Twitter war I have. Ooh, that could be interesting. Ooh. Yes. So, yes. thanks for listening, guys. We'll try and do better next time. Bye.